Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland, Intercom Radio Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. During the COVID-19 pandemic, many of us are wondering about our homeless population. How are they doing? Are they being educated on our social distancing protocols? Are they healthy? The Union Gospel Mission is on the front lines, helping where they can. And I'd like to welcome Bill Russell to the show. Bill is the Executive Director of the Union Gospel Mission. Hey there, Bill. How's it going? It's going uh, It's going the same yeah. for me as everyone else. Life is disrupted. There are some really good things about that, and there are some not-so-good things about that. Oh, well, I, I like to hear the, the good things about that. Tell me, tell me about the cheery side first. Well, I mean, you know, at the mission every year uh, for an Easter brunch, we serve about 550 people. And this year, obviously, we couldn't gather that many people into a big brunch. In fact, the city said they didn't even want us gathering that many people in a line to hand out food out the door. So we had to kind of rethink Easter. And when we found opportunities to bring Easter food outside the mission, we ended up serving about 950 quality hot Easter meals. We went to places where people were already sheltered, separated apart. We got about 200 meals there and we just kept moving around. And, you know, the, again, innovation, uh, looking for new opportunities. It's, it's a great, thing if you can do it. I think the other thing that people don't think about is in we're communicating more than we ever have. It's easier to reach people uh, on the phone. It's easier to get people for a, a kind of a online meeting. Those take some adjustments, but I think there are upsides. I think I'm having more communication than I've ever had in 30 years at the mission. That kind of feels true for me too. You know, it's uh, every evening I'm on a, a video conference call with somebody, a family right, member yeah, or absolutely. a friend or a, a, even some long lost friends. Yeah. And plus I'm getting yard work done. I haven't gotten done in 25 years. In this house. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a blend. I think we all miss the personal touch on the downside and we thrive at the mission at developing people into a new culture, a new mindset. You take a, a person who maybe the center of their life has been uh, kind of empty and they were aimless, or you take people who the center of their life was a type of an addiction, or you take uh, people who the center of their life was just scraping to get by, and you want to teach them a new mindset, a new culture of how to connect to other people in a healthy way, how to behave in a positive, healthy way, and how to be productive. 
that takes a lot of hands-on do with type training. And right now we're missing a lot of that. The, all the online stuff doesn't really touch that, that thing we're missing because we have to stay separated. So everybody's safe at the mission. We have, you know, about a hundred men, women, and children in residence and we still do, and they're safe and COVID hasn't hit them. So that's great. But um, they miss the interaction with all the volunteers we use and the ability to get out and maybe run our thrift store down in Tigard or go out and pick out a donation. We've got to keep them inside so that the virus doesn't get into the community because that could truly be horrible. How are you navigating all that in the mission itself? You've got a lot of people in there. Yeah, um, well, what we've done is we've divided our world into those who are inside. Those are our residents and all the food, all the activity, all the addiction recovery training, mental health counseling. They have to stay in that center. So our mental health counselors can call in and do a telehealth kind of thing. Um, Food can come in through safe portals, but we're keeping people inside separated. So we have very few staff going in and out. I'm working from home right now. I'm able to get a lot of my work done. Even people at our thrift store, you know, a, a few of our workers at our thrift store, you know, they're hourly and we didn't want to lay them off. So we're looking for funding to help prevent them from having financial hardship. And I know there are people who are listening who have been laid off and they know what a hardship that is. If you're hourly, uh, a lot of people in our culture are paycheck to paycheck and we hire people coming out of recovery. So we know a lot of our people really would be bad off. They might have to come back in and live with us in our center if we laid them off. And So, you know, I'm really sensitive to that right now. We're fighting to not lay anyone off and do as much work uh, as we can from the outside. And, And that being said, our homeless outreach to camps is thriving right now, but it's not being done by anyone on our resident side. You get what I mean? We're, we're not exposing them to whatever risk the camps would have. So we're harvesting staff and volunteers who can get out to the camps and, and practicing safe protocols. Uh, there have been news story about one of our outside volunteers and, and whether or not they're safe or not. It's the, the, People are safe. They are wearing masks. They're maintaining the six-foot distance rule, and we've got everyone washing up afterwards. So we're looking at ways of exchanging care and connection to people in homeless camps without infecting any of our staff and volunteers. And so far, it's working. So we appreciate people's prayer, and I appreciate their attention to protocol. We're talking today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of the Union Gospel Mission. So, Bill, what's it like out on the streets right now? What's what's going on out there? It, there's a lot of anxiety right now. I mean, I think on the one side, um, the virus for people who are not confined, there's, there could actually be a value to be isolated and away from people. So the extreme unsheltered homeless who are away from everyone, there could be a value in that. But the downside of the unsheltered homeless is a lot of them have compromised immune systems. Uh, Some people in that community have severe mental health problems that make it almost impossible for them to comprehend and follow safety protocols. And so I think that combination creates anxiety and risk. And then the bigger thing I'm seeing is that we know that we're still some weeks away from the curve stopping going up. In other words, the number of 
uh, infections every week isn't going up. It starts dropping down and, and dropping down till we don't see it and we get a handle on this. So the curve's got to top out and go back down. But right now, um, the economy has already gone down and, and there's not a real quick sign in it coming up. Now, I know for a lot of listeners right now, they did get their unemployment benefits or they will get their federal kind of uh, uh, allotment, that's that's going to be great. That'll tide people over. I know uh, people on the short end are not uh, getting evicted, but that's just creating a, a forestalling problem because that doesn't pay their rent. It just says they can't get evicted. So you think about a person who's just been laid off, they can't afford to pay rent, and let's say March is due, and now April's due, and next month May is due, and they can't be evicted for it, but the, the, the deadline's coming where they're going to have to pay back rent. So anytime there's a big downturn in the economy, the people at the bottom end of the economic scale are going to be thrown way at the bottom into homelessness, into involuntary, unwanted homelessness. And, you know, uh, there are, we're looking ahead at that and saying, what are we going to do for those people? Those are people we call high barrier people. In other words, they're, they can get jobs, they're safe, they're not suffering from real severe mental illness, they're not addicted to a chemical that makes them unsafe. These are just people who can't make it right now. And we gotta help those people. So we're doing more food boxes right now. But that's what I see. I mean, I see when everything shakes and gets pushed down, the people at the bottom get pushed out. And so we've already had, you know, we all feel like there are way too many homeless already, and this isn't good news for that. Not at all. So we've all seen news reports, especially in the last couple of weeks, of really long uh, lines at food banks. Are you seeing some new faces down at the mission too? Absolutely. You know, on a normal day, our search and rescue teams would go out to a homeless camp at night And then the following day, they'd be transporting people from that homeless camp to access shelter or housing. Right now, it's really difficult to access shelter or housing if you've been outside because everyone who was in shelter before has been spread out, expanding shelter space, but not adding any new people to it. And so people who are out are pretty much out. People who are outside and show symptoms and get a medical letter that they're sick and they have all the symptoms, they can get a motel voucher. But this is a real, real difficult time. But a lot of people who are still not homeless still because they, they've got laid off their jobs and, and the employment benefits are slow in arriving need food help right now. So we've repurposed our search and rescue van to be transporting food boxes and uh, and increasing our food box distribution. And that's true everywhere. I mean, the n- demand for food, whether it's Blanche House or Portland Rescue Mission or in our shop at Union Gospel Mission, all of us have seen an increased need for food. Are your team also educating people when they go out? Like, how, how are they, the homeless people, learning about the protocols that we all should be doing, social distancing, all of that? Yeah, we have, we share with them when we go out and, uh, I know our, our, uh, I was talking to one of our volunteers who went out to a homeless camp last Friday and we had extra meals. 
And we had the opportunity to connect with a brand new homeless camp. And so, again, she was impressed with the fact that our staff and our regular volunteers have materials. They're they're setting the protocols right there. We're asking people what access they have to hand-washing stations. And, and that's really a challenge. I mean, obviously, we don't have an, a, a big supply of hand sanitizer that we can carry around, but we do our best to get them what they need to stay safe. Wow, it's just crazy times. It's uh... And I, you know, I don't, we went, the, as a nation, we went through it about 100 years ago. Right. And, uh, you know, I hope we don't have to go through it again. I think, actually, there's some pretty good indication that, when the curve peaks in about a month and starts climbing down in, in summer, it plummets. We could see, a, again, a resurgence in the fall. Most flu seasons go through this. Right. The Spanish flu did this. And so, you know, a lot of us are really hopeful that technology, medical technology, will come up with um, solutions to this, whether it's a vaccination, that still seems some time off, or just protocol that makes it easier so that the most at-risk people don't don't die and they can mitigate the, the discomfort and negative effects of this virus. We are talking again with Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. Now, Bill, you work with a lot of people who are facing addictions, and wow, the people with addictions yeah. are really facing some difficult times right now. Yeah, um, th- there's some things, and you know, somebody listening to us struggles with alcoholism. Somebody listening to us right now has struggled with a, a, a central nervous system drug like an upper, you know, a, a form of meth or, or cocaine. These are big struggles. And uh, it, when you get a handle on it, relapse occurs when you get isolated. Well, guess what this COVID is doing? It's isolating people. And it happens when you are under anxiety or under distress. And and so this is happening. So what I would encourage anyone listening to us or a loved one who is in a situation where they're in recovery, but this is a real trigger time of isolation and stress, to go online and get into an AA meeting, an NA meeting, a Celebrate Recovery meeting, whatever meeting you can find, you know, the world is now full of, of these online meetings. And please access a meeting so that you don't feel alone because you're not alone. I'm an alcoholic in recovery. I've gone to an AA meeting online and it wasn't because I felt particularly tempted to go out and drink alcohol, but it's because it's so disorienting. I just felt uh, I was forgetting priorities and my mind was getting a little fuzzy. And there's something very centering about going to a recovery meeting. So stay engaged. Don't use this as an excuse to use. And uh, loved ones, please encourage people. Um, we can we can isolate physically without isolation. Uh, I don't like the term social space because we want to stay connected socially. We just want to have physical space. Does that make sense, Gary? Absolutely. We it's yeah. become extremely apparent how what kind of social animals humans are. Oh, it's, we're, we're, we're part of herds. We've yeah. always been somewhat of a herd group. And so I'm, you know, part of my day every day is to contact someone who's gone through our recovery program. They're doing outstanding. I was talking to a younger woman who is, who's just nailed it. She's recently graduated. She's got a great job. She's really invested in her recovery and turned her life around. And I just, 
I just messaged her and said, hey, just want you to know I'm praying for you. How you doing? She said, you know what? This is really a hard time. And we were able to go back and forth and, and just chat about it online. And she reconnected to a meeting. So I think this has got to happen over and over and over again. And so, again, reach out to people you know who might be struggling. Encourage them. I think the most important words for this whole COVID, whether you're homeless or a former addict in recovery or whatever, or just a normal citizen, is to know this too shall pass. And the best projections of the curve is that, you know, in another three weeks, it'll start bending downward. And that's our prayer and our hope. And if we all continue to do best practices, that's what's going to happen. Bill, what kind of generosity have you seen out there? People are are, are helping out, aren't it's, they? It's amazing. It, it, uh, we've seen some really heroic gifts. We understand that a lot of our regular donors can't afford to give right now because things have turned down. But we got a gift from uh, a foundation that was just out of the blue. We've had givers who have been generous to us in the past, but one person, we're, we're building a new women and children's center out in Washington County for 80 women and kids. And there's a major property developer who is intending to give to that. And we're talking to him. He's given some lead money and he's thinking about, but in COVID, he just said, you know, I know you're going to need the money. Here's an operational gift. And it was kind of drop, jaw dropping. It didn't pay our bills. Uh, but it, it it's getting us through. And so, you know, I, I'd say to everyone, whatever your favorite charity is, do what you can and think about them right now, uh, because there's going to be some percentage of their donor support base that can't do what they normally do. So those of us who can need to step up and do it. And I just, I don't ever question the heart of the pe- the citizens of the Portland area. We have shown over and over again that we're generous and good-hearted. Um, I think people are are really getting a little fatigued about having the same problems come up over and over and over again without change. And I know we as an organization are aimed at not just caring for people, but connecting people to a change process and coaching them through a change process that really works. Our desired outcome is a satisfying, productive life we really care about the quality of life. And so the people we connect with, we aim not just to get through the day, but to get through life in a really productive and healthy manner. I have some notes here too that say some restaurants have been helping you guys out. Tell us about that. Oh man, yeah, I mean, it's good. Um, uh, people might've seen there's a firehouse subs just jumped in and is doing like 300 subs a day in in meal kits and other great restaurants, even El Gaucho has, has provided commercially prepared meals. And, and we need help like that. We need, even from, you know, we need to go containers. We need 16 ounce paper bowls with lids because a lot of our hot foods going out the door, we can't have people come into our dining room and prepackaged snacks are needed right now. If you have chips or can get us chips, cookies, granola bars, stuff like that. Uh, you know, the nice thing about bananas is they come in a, in a wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> bananas and oranges. Bananas, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't worry about any virus inside of it or oranges, you know, they come in a wrapper too. Bottled water comes in a wrapper, whatever, you know, we need coffee right now, but uh, we're getting help from restaurants. That's kind of bell curving down a little bit. Right at the beginning, we got a lot of food that they had already prepared intending to cook and serve. 
And then that's tapered off a little bit, but there are some heroic things that are going on. And uh, I, I saw restaurants bringing to the, new, the expanded public shelter at the convention center because shelters all have to spread out and everybody's got to be six feet apart. So people were having to get moved out of shelters to get people six feet apart. So they opened up overflow space in the Charles Jordan Center Convention Center. There are restaurants bringing food down there. Again, we we have got a great community that genuinely cares about people. Absolutely. I've been I've been in Portland doing this with Union Gospel Mission 30 years, and I am always stunned at the good heartedness and generosity of the people of Portland. If folks listening uh, can help out, what do you what do you suggest? What's the best way for them to do that? And what do you need most? Again, I mean, we always need cash, and your favorite charity needs cash. So you know, see what you can do, and then in 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 for to prepare meals and food boxes. Think of bottled water. People are going to need that through the spring, and people in homeless camps or out on the street, they need bottled water. I know I've got some issues about giving away plastic because I don't like the the way plastics are handled in this world right now, that's about the best we can do. People need water to live. And again, I said 16 ounce paper bowls with lids. If you have those kind of containers, number 12 paper bags, if you can donate some of those to us, prepackaged snacks, chips, cookies, granola bars, and fruit like bananas and oranges. And we need lots of coffee. (laughs) You know, when we go out to homeless camps, coffee is still really popular and we go through a lot of it. So those are some tangible things. Um, gold ingots. You know, if you have a big uh, store of gold ingots, gold coins, you yeah. know, we take those too. <laughs> our, uh, our coffee machine is down here at the radio station and we're all kind of going crazy. <laughs> so I really? feel the pain about coffee. That's a hostile work environment. It is. And radio station coffee is some strong stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I mean, whatever whatever people can give. You know, it's it's interesting, Gary. We one time our our the guys in our recovery program went out and picked up a donation from a family out by Shoals, and they really did a great job for them. And the guy called me about uh, two months later and said, "You know, I've had this little parcel of property, and we haven't known what to do with it. I'm going to donate it to you." Wow. So people out there have a parcel of property; they don't need to. No, don't know what to do with, donate it to us. I will put it to good use. That's awesome. Yeah. So Bill, we have a couple minutes left. I want to ask you, what do you think uh, the future is going to be like? Maybe six months or a year from now, what are you guys kind of preparing for? Yeah, I think again, uh, with the economic downturn, I think we're going to have to be geared and we're looking to expand what we do in every possible way. I like the fact that the city and county have gone ahead and are authorizing another sanctioned safe and service overflow site for homeless campers to come and live. Um, I don't like it when municipalities don't create designated areas because if there's no designated areas, unsheltered homeless people just throw down wherever they can. And a lot of that is unsanitary. So I'm really proud of our local municipality for sanctioning three more sites and, and saying you can, you can camp here. I think we're going to have to do that more before this crisis is over. Uh, we're simply not going to be able to build housing fast enough to house everyone who's homeless. And, you know, construction's in a lot of ways shut down. So we're going to have to be innovative in that. And then, um, Medically, I think street medicine's doing its job. I think the clinics are doing their jobs. 
I just want to see us get through this and back to normal life. And, and I hope that's by mid July and August, and then we'll just have to deal, get people back on their feet and back to work. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed anyway, that it happens that quickly. Yeah, it is again, harvest what's good about it. Uh, think about things in your life that you really did need to change. This is a, this is an interdiction of life as normal. So I encourage everyone to make a list of when this is over, I don't want to lose this one thing I'm doing now or these five things we've reconnected with. Hold on to them. Don't don't just chase back to busy, crazy, you know, scattered. Yeah, it's kind of a good time for hit the reset button. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Want to give out the website where people can get more information about Union Gospel Mission? Sure, it's UGM, that's, you know, the initials of Union Gospel Mission, UGM Portland, that's all one word, dot org, UGM Portland dot O-R-G, and uh, you can find everything there. Excellent. Well, thanks for the update on Union Gospel Mission, and keep on keeping on, Bill. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate the time. Let's Talk Portland is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. 